Swaiba, the Oribafra Woman Kenya Election Series. Um, and we are very excited to be having a young woman who identifies as a political leader, mm -hmm. a mental health expert. Mm -hmm. And well, in this series, we are talking about how young women experience mm -hmm. elections in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And I think, Amisa, we are very excited to have you because you wear very many hats. Yes. You're a political, you're a, a member of a political party. Uh -huh. But before we go on, because I could get lost uh -huh. in, you know, just introducing you, mm. please introduce yourself to us. Thank you, Nyambura, for having me. I've been looking forward to the day that I'll be hosted by Swaiba. Yeah. I'm a fan of Swaiba podcast, Thank so you. I'm glad to be here. So this time it will be me being seen on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. So my name is Amisa, Amisa Rashid. I usually say Amisa with an A. Because okay. it identifies, it gives it gives my identity as a Nubian woman, mm. a marginalized community in Kenya. I'm also a leader, I'm a secretary general of a political party in Kenya. Uh, where in uh, a political parties in Kenya, we have over 80 and women are less than 10 leaders of this political party. That is sad. That's a bad yeah. number. Yeah. Uh, the other aspect is that I'm a mental health advocate. I run an organization that focuses on community-based mental health interventions, innovations, approaches, and trauma-informed program just to build a cohesive society. You have such a robust CV. But, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that because I, mean, I think the questions we'll be tackling will be as robust as your uh, CV. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, tell me, Amisa, as uh, a Nubian Muslim woman, mm -hmm. do you feel like people in your community, especially women, mm -hmm. have been taken as primary stakeholders in this election? Not yet, not yet, not yet. And that is something that I was very angry about uh, because even yesterday, I'm actually supervising uh, uh, the Kibra constituency and the elections in Kibra. And you'll find that in most of these observing positions, even this minor community, this uh, minor opportunities whereby Nubian women can be given an opportunity which is somehow closer to politics. They are not given that opportunity. And if Kibra is their homeland, how do we expect then not to be, how do we expect to get such opportunities outside our homeland and yet in Kibra we don't get them? So it is something that I was having the conversation with a woman yesterday. She came to me and she was asking, how can I be an observer? I told her it's late, but it's something that we are still in the discussion with. Because for us, we have been struggling between finding how can we not be, because most of the time if you try to support your tribe, you're called, you are, you are in the ethnic tribal yeah. But yeah. if you don't, because you are marginalized, you don't you're get you're those. Yeah. yeah. So for us, it's also a thin line between how can we engage in politics while supporting, mentoring, and creating spaces for Nubian women, but at the same time... Avoiding the ethnic polarities. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But do you think young women uh, and youth have... I mean, would you say in large, mm -hmm. young women and youth have been engaged with political processes or do you think do you, what what let me let me not preempt the question do you do you feel like young women and uh youth in general have been uh, engaged in the political processes i think they have and one thing that i've been working towards is sometimes I think I will look at it from two different perspectives. One perspective is that they have been engaged, some opportunities have been created, but do these youth or young women want to be engaged in politics in the first place? And the second aspect is uh, when these spaces are not there, how can we actually make these spaces available for this said population? Mm. So if the spaces are there, 
the people who are supposed to be given the opportunities don't want because I was actually having conversation with them and for them it, it will take a lot of time to demystify that politics is a dirty game mm. because even as a young woman you are told you're going into politics everybody will tell you how you're going to change how you're going to be toxic like the for, for politicians how you're going to be a thief they're not looking at the other aspect because uh, for so long in the Kenyan political spaces we've seen political leaders who have not been serving us or not serving the agenda that they're supposed to be doing so from our, from them, people see you entering the political space or engaging in anything in politics as we are going to lose you. Like you're going, you're going to accept their values, behaviors, so we are no longer going to have you so in So how, how hard is it then to be a young woman who is actively involved in, you know, mobilizing not only, you know, her community, mm -hmm. but also the young people, because that's how I know you. I mean, how hard it must it be for you? as it's, a voter mobilizer, but also as a political leader? It's actually hard, super hard, but I usually say that the advantage for me is that I have a strong support system, especially from the people in my party, who the, uh, the executive committee in mm, the political mm, party. Mm. Because I know for sure the first time I was given, because secretary general is that you are the main decision maker of the political party. Mm. And most of the time, let's say I go to meetings for IEBC or RPP representing my party, and you find that all over the 80 political party, there are actually no women, few women, and um, we are only two Muslim women. The, uh, the other oh, wow. one is an elder woman, w and I'm there. So the first time I went there and uh, I was in a meeting, I had people saying, I had, I had everybody has to introduce themselves. And then one person said, I have an, an AOB, and he said, why are they sending us small children oh, to gosh. be representing us and sitting at the same table at, as us? I was so shocked because at the back of my mind, I had not expected Even that. with your robust CV, yes. you were still a mm -hmm. young child. And that thing stung me. So the first thing was like, I finished my introduction as confidently as I am. Nikamalizana Nayo, I went out and the first person I called was my party leader. And I was like, I don't think this space is enough for me. I don't think I deserve to be in this space. And for him, he had to remind me. And he told me, excuse me, you're allowed to feel that way. But I want you to remember that we got that position because of merit. So these people are doing that, saying these things to get into your skin. And you don't allow them to get... But uh, for me, as much as I have the support system, you have to wonder, like, if I had a male counterpart, the same age as me, doing the same thing as me, he wouldn't have been told sure the, the same, same yeah. thing. Yeah. So you see, I, it has to take me so, double emotional uh, struggle or emotional I mean, management. sexism is misogyny. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it's hard, and that is why I totally understand women who are not getting into political spaces because if you are not able to handle these things, it will break you even your mental health completely, completely. As, as a, a mental health practitioner, we are not mm -hmm. going to get to this, but I feel mm -hmm. like we should go to that mm -hmm. question. As a mental health practitioner, mm -hmm. what would you say uh, are perhaps some of the tactics, someone who's as active, because you know what, one of mm -hmm. the things that deters young women from you know, engaging politically mm -hmm. is the, the mental health toil. Because mm -hmm. it gets to you, as you say. Yes. It gets to you at some mm -hmm. point. And most of young women just, you know, are dissuaded and mm. leave the political spaces. Mm. From a mental health mm -hmm. perspective, mm. what, what, would you, what, what would you say? What would you tell young women who have left political spaces because of 
misogyny and sexism, but also the emotional labor that comes with fighting that every day. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, and I don't usually like telling women that they should take extra effort in uh, maintaining their mental health because you are not telling men that. Yeah. Why is it yeah. women? It's, but also, it's a double standard. Yeah. yeah. The circumstances forces us to acknowledge that women go through a lot of psychological even traumatic experiences, they're harassed sexually, verbally, emotionally, cyberbullying, left, right, and center, how you're dressed, everything you're literally, literally scrutinized from how you're dressing, how you appear. I know of women because I'm in these political spaces and when we are looking uh, into getting uh, political, young people, in, especially women in political spaces, the worry was some were given even ultimatums with their partners. It's either you choose your family or you choose politics. Oh, wow. So you see, for people who do not, like, if I'm not grounded and know that I want to pursue politics, that means that they have to step back and choose between, go back to their family. And for those who decided... Those are hard choices. Yes. Yeah. And for those who decided that to go politics, they'll tell you, I was divorced because of that. And now it's actually hard because now the same community will judge you. They will tell you, where is your husband? You cannot take care of your family. You lose both ways. Exactly. So I feel it's usually unfair. Now that comes with the aspect of how well do you know yourself first? Self-awareness. So before you decide that I want even to get into the political journey, you need to be aware of the psychological and emotional turmoil that you are are going to go through. And then after that, how are you going to protect yourself from all this? And before protecting yourself, if things get to worse, how are you going to find a way to manage all these negative experiences that are causing uh, issues on your mental health. So the, if you don't know yourself, you wouldn't know what is actually affecting you. So I usually say the first aspect of women before getting into political seats, how aware are you? How do you know your triggers? Because the triggers are used to abuse women. Because mm. if I know your triggers, yes. I know uh, you are passionate about kids, let's say, and you don't have a family, I'll come at that yeah. and I'll break you even as an opponent. Uh, yes. If you're a single mother, I'll use that. And That's attack. true. So do you know your triggers and are you so comfortable in owning them to the extent that if they're used against you, you are so comfortable that it does not deter you from your That's journey. True. It's yeah. also easy to seek help when you know where your triggers are. Exactly. Uh, you know what? Uh, now that you're talking about mental health, there's mm. this thing about Kenyans we say after elections. Whether mm. you ask somebody for your money mm. or it's anything. Even <laughs> it's tackling. I mean, everyone is after elections. Mm. And I feel like life has somewhat stopped mm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, so my question is, what what I as a and this is I'm asking as um, a mental health practitioner. Mm. What are your experiences in experiencing one, what mm-hmm. kawaida, mm-hmm. but also the people who women who are in political spaces. I think you touched mm. on that, mm. but also the youth. Like mm. what's what what would you say? Mm. How are we doing men, in uh, mental health wise? In the morning, I, I the, actually the before before today's morning. I think the past two weeks there has been a meme going on that if you see the G, GSU thingy, cars, mm. you're on the opposition side. So it has been, uh, and at the back of my mind, we have a way like, of making fun of serious things, very yes. serious things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw those GSUs early in the morning today in Kibra, like they're being dispatched everywhere. So at the back of my mind, I'm like, are we in the opposition or? And actually, as I was speaking, the person who, like uh, my, the, the common border border person who dr- drops me was telling me, listen, now you make sure that you have food in your family. Yeah. And just make sure that if a specific candidate is announced, don't get out, don't do what, just stay inward because kutachafuka. So how is that affecting me? As a person even, leave alone the common mananchi. 
I'm actually living on survival mode. I'm anxious. I don't know what is going to happen. Yes, I can have all the food and else, but how, for how long? Psychologically, yeah. Like psychologically, like I'm, I'm trauma. I'm actually have PTSD we, from previous. Yeah, and we also elections. very hyper vigilant. Mm -hmm. Like anything it could be a tire, but you're very hyper vigilant. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you see, even for like living in that environment, because I work in Kibra, I live in Kibra. Kibra is my home, and I know that it is a hotspot for political violence each and every time, whether it's losing. Winning, you, we don't even know. Like I don't know who castigates these uh, things, but I know for sure there's going to be uh, political violence. I was speaking to youth when we are doing peace dialogues at the community level because we are trying to enhance the aspect of peace, and they were saying, for us, situ mechoka because they don't have a specific political candidate. For them, they want to eat whatever money the political it's candidates will dish. Actually, an economy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And for them, they don't care. For the back of my mind, I was asking, and that is a conversation that I had with them. Like, if you are given the money, so are you going to cause violence? Because at the end of the money, I can give you, but choosing to fight somebody or hurt somebody is a personal decision. What are you going to do about mm. it? It's mm. not like the person who gave you money to go and cause violence will be monitoring you. Mm -mm. No. So, mm -mm. We, and you, you can't tell them, don't take the money. We know the rate of COVID-19, unemployment, economic That's instability, true. all these kind of yeah. things. So you cannot tell them, don't take the money. No. no. But what you ask them is start the conversation around, if you take the money, how are you going to make the right choice so that you don't hurt your neighbor because you have been paid to do so. So those are the conversations. Like for us, we know for sure the money has, are being dished out and they cannot refuse. But how can we make them realize that they have the, the, to be conscious of the choices they are making to, to, from the election I mean, period? it's sad to hear you say that, you know, you're certain that money has been poured in terms of, of you know, fueling violence. Because then, and, and especially when you juxtapose that against mm -hmm. that you know, listening to the ABC mm -hmm. and every political leader who was saying young people mm. are apathetic, mm. you know, they're jaded politically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then they're easy to, is that why they're easy to use uh, for political violence? I think it's because of that. And I think uh, one thing that I have noticed and I've been trying to figure out to, uh, like what is the main uh, agenda of these people? Because uh, for young people, it's not even not apathy, because they're apathy, they're saying that you're not going to vote. Mm. But the fact that I can pay you to cause violence and you, you, don't, you, you did not vote, it doesn't make sense So it's sense a complex phenomenon that we it's do not know like what... We, we don't know. And I usually say, I cannot blame... Sometimes I, I, I t we tend to say it's unemployment or what. We know those are some of the main causes, but it's, it's more than that. It's, yeah. it's, more, it's more towards leaning towards romanticizing... Mm. the aspect of poverty and youth so that it's, it, it looks from the perspective that because everybody everywhere now is talking about youth, 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 youth. But have we taken time to in, intentionally involve this youth to listen to why they are pathetic? Or we just have representatives just speaking on their behalf, yet that grassroots level youth, we've not given them the space to understand why or what is going on. We haven't done that. So I feel that we, we, we are actually blaming the wrong thing, but actually youth also have to take responsibilities because once you are blamed and once you know money is being poured for you to cause this kind, certain kind of violence, we also need to understand where you are coming from, but what decision are you going to make to afterwards? Well, you know what, I, I will ask this question, mm. but I'll ask it from the, the where we started. Mm. As a young Nubian Muslim mm -hmm. woman, 
you've had manifestos mm-hmm. and i'm sure you have you know you have kagwed them very mm-hmm. much in terms of examining them mm. uh do you think one do you think kenya is in the path of actualizing the sdgs but also uh, uh, the socio economical and political rights enshrined in the constitution uh, article number 43 mm-hmm. but and and if so mm-hmm. i mean where in what do you see us in the in the direction of after the elections mm-hmm. yeah I I think it's a long especially when you're talking about manifestos and I, this time this time this general election the good thing is that we have a, a good number of women into elective seats uh that is uh, 22% compared to the 17% previous, that was previous yeah previous yeah. elections and we have a good number of youth but now the disadvantage that youth and women have is that they do not have an opportunity to or to finance their campaigns so what do they have they have manifestos and when you have manifestos nobody wants to listen to what you are bringing to the table they want to know before even i come to listen to that manifesto how much are you going to pay me to come mm, to listen mm, to you mm. so i think as much as we want to listen to we, there are these things that the sdg the, we want to like uh, work on them when we even as citizens are only propelled towards listening to these manifestos or goals when there is money or something in return we won't be able to achieve that because our our way forward is pegged on how much money i'll receive and then after that no action is taken so i think we still have a way a long way, a to, long go, way to go especially even after the election and i think it it also starts about integrating these uh things like let's say if we have the sdgs we have certain components in the constitution that you want citizens to know let's say even the peace component how can we start integrating peace love and unity into kenyans uh like from the one the day they are young so that they grow up knowing that this is values. something these are the values that i have as a kenyan because now it's hard to not vote against the tribalistic line because we've been taught through generation that your tribe matters more this political party this coalition matters more so how can we the only way to do that is align and learn new cycle mm. and that will take time and that means that we'll have now to start working with the younger generation so that they can start seeing the bigger picture I want to ask you the last question which is what is your hope for you know Kenya beyond the election day but I feel like I will not, will not do you justice mm-hmm. if I don't ask you this question mm-hmm. about I mean we've made a lot of gains mm-hmm. and one of the things is there was a launch of was it an action plan for yes. mental health yes yes and so those are real gains mm-hmm. I mean how do we how do we ensure that some of these gains are not lost even with a, a, a new government because some of these things have mm-hmm. never been provided for in the government and mm-hmm. now we have them how mm-hmm. do we save especially young people mm-hmm. who are i would say the majority affected mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. could you could shed light on mm-hmm. that how do we safeguard some of these gains like having a mental health policy yeah. moving forward but also mm-hmm. please answer what is your what is your hope for Kenya as a young woman mm-hmm. i think uh, in order to secure this uh, thing is that if we really want youth to be involved in this space and I usually tell youth and women don't get into spaces even if you are trying to put in the two third gender roles don't get into spaces as a princess or a flower girl just mm. so that you can fill mm. that gap mm. get into those spaces intentionally to hold to play your role and responsibility to hold them accountable and to make the desired change because sometimes we are given we are told oh you'll sit in certain boards you'll sit in the mental health board but are you sure that you are sitting in that board as a person whose decision will be taken seriously or you are just there to fill the gap so that it can be seen and gazetted that we have 
complied with the two-thirds gender rules, even in selecting boards of these mental health uh, institutions or, yeah, yeah, policies, policies, mental health tasks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the other thing that uh, we can also look into is how can we try to hold the people? We have the policies. How can we start implementing the policies? Mm -hmm. How can mm -hmm. we intentionally, as youth, start taking process, start taking action in the policy cycle to know like how much budget is allocated for mental health? What can we do to increase or to champion or to lobby for more? of that, how can we start working on different, how can even stakeholders, how can we bring different stakeholders to work together to ensure that we are upholding and uh, the people who are in this task force, the people, the mental health policy, even the government, and start implementing it so that we don't, be, we, we are not just launching policies and all these kind of things and we are not actually implementing it. So I think that is one of the best things. And also for us to be intentional. When you're saying you want these spaces for women and young, can we stop get keeping and give them spaces? Yeah. Can, can we like be intentional? Because why should I struggle to get into a certain space because you older people are getting keeping the space for us. So let's stop lying to ourselves that we are trying, if you're not intentional in getting spaces in those table for people, for young people to be in those decision-making table. I mean, so we could talk over, because you know what, when you said about mental health, mm. and especially mental health and how young women or youth are affected mm -hmm. by, you know, the dynamics, power dynamics around, you know, gatekeeping, mm -hmm. uh, being taken as token, mm. we, we, tokens, mm. we would, we will have this conversation until the end of time. Mm -hmm. But tell me, what are your last words to a young woman mm -hmm. who either was playing a very active role, mm -hmm. you know, like you, mm -hmm. as a voter mobilizer, mm -hmm. as a political leader, as a supervisor, as an mm -hmm. agent? What's, what's, how do we take care of ourselves after here? I, 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 I can echo one of the words that my friend told me the other day. And she was telling me we were supposed to work on something. And I felt like what we were working on was not big for TV. So she was telling me, don't think that any little thing that you're doing is little. You have, for as long as you're doing it, it's not little. So this is for any other person outside there who is listening. That whatever you are doing, you may not see the effects are easy, but it is not little. And you should not underestimate whichever role, opposition, uh, opportunity that you're in positions that you're in, you should not underestimate it because at the end of the day, it's playing a major role. You may not see it now, but it is actually building you to be a better person or creating art spaces for younger people to be there. Thank you very much. Amisa, as a young African, audible woman, mm -hmm. but also as a young Muslim Nubian woman, mm -hmm. you have done well for yourselves and we're very proud of you as Swaiba. This has been so about the African, the Audible African Woman Kenya election series. Mm -hmm. And we have had Amisa, who we will have again because this conversation can't end today. Mm -hmm. But Asante Nisana, we hope to see you again. Uh, subscribe, share, and like. Okay. Bye for now.